בשם השם נעשה ונצליח. We know that it's going to be Shavuot, the holiday of Torah, the festival that we accepted the Ten Commandments. And I wanted to today, gentlemen, talk about a very, something that's very dear to my heart. Because I want to give you, we have to learn how to learn. We have to learn how to approach. Like Baruch Hashem, Matthew is going to Yeshiva, which we're so, unfortunately, because of the war now, it's going to be delayed. But I'm sure there's going to be peace Oh, please God, as soon as possible. And we all should join you there. It's the best place in the world to be. Um, Baruch Hashem, I just wanted to say that it's been around six years. I put a lot of classes online and I'm uh, involved on Facebook and YouTube. And really the words of the Prophet are coming tr- true. People in Africa, in Asia, all around the world are thirsty for Torah. And this is... the the. This is a sign, a big sign Mashiach is coming, because it says people are going to be thirsty for Torah like people are thirsty for water. But one um, class I've never seen any of my colleagues give is this idea, and I think it's very important, because especially Baruch Hashem, a lot of people go to learn in Eish, and we're so proud of you, and or Sameach, and... Uh, Kiruv is amazingly, amazingly popular now. But a lot of these rabbis, I don't want to say a lot of them, some of them that online are giving classes, they themselves are Baal and they were never in a proper yeshiva. So I'm not sure that they're giving over this idea I want to give over. And the topic of today's shir is how to approach ancient texts and give the proper respect to the rabbis that are mentioned in the Talmud, the Rishonim, like the Rambam. Because there is some confusion when you're coming from college, you think that... As mod- more modern the world gets, the more smarter we are. The old people are pishers, God forbid, and don't nothing. But that's the exact opposite when it comes to the Torah. And, you know, some rabbis like I, I was in contact with, they're very smart, very good, and they teach a lot of Torah online, but they themselves, like, they really were never in a proper yeshiva, which is no fault of their own. And, like, they think like Maimonides or Ramban is just like a friend of them. Just like you could argue on your friend and say you... It, you it's not. We ha- there's a certain reverence, right? When we approach the ancient text, the words of Ravina, the words of Ravashi, the words of the Rambam. So I want to give you the sources and explain why and how and where. Because it's the holiday of Shavuot. The greatest gift God gave mankind is the Torah. But if you... You're going to miss the boat. If you don't respect the words of the people that are giving our Mesorah, our tradition, right? If you think you and them are equal, then your whole perception of the Torah, the whole depth of Torah gets lost, and you get a superficial understanding. You have to understand, Kabbalistically, like I was just teaching you, there's always, this is a very deep Kabbalistic idea, and everything has a goof and a neshama, which means everything has an external reality, like our body, and then it has an inner reality, which is the real thing, the, the soul. So the Torah also has the, like, you know, the five books of Moses, you know, without Rashi and without the Kabbalah and without, you know. So everything in the world, you understand, Matthew, it has a, a physical body, but then it has the soul. So remember we were learning Pirkei Avot, it says, the person that lists Torah for its real sake, he's the real McCoy, because gets he gets the benefits, because he both has the soul, he's doing it for the right reason, and also... So, Baruch Hashem, we're just a few days away. Sunday night is Shavuot. 
And I want to give you the tools when you sit down and learn a Gemara, and learn a Midrash, and learn a Maharal, you approach it with the right frame of mind. Who are we talking about? So today's shir is going to be... First of all, I want to tell you something the Chidah says. Parenthetically, one of the greatest Sephardic rabbis that almost everything we, write in the, we, we read in our Siddur is according to his understanding of prayer, is Chidah. Geun Uzenu, Rabbi Chaim Yosef David Azulai. He wrote Shem Agadol. He wrote 70 books. He's well respected by both the Ashkenazim and Svardim. Some say he was so great that the same way we have to accept all the rulings of Zeshul Khanark, we have to ru- accept all his rulings. His name was Chaim Yosef David Azulai. The Chidah says, first of all, when you learn Gemore, for example, Gemore is not just some advanced thing that they teach you in Barilan, Talmudics, advanced Talmudics. The Torah is from God, right? Just like the Ten Commandments were from God, right? We accepted that. We said Nasev and Ishma, right? What does Nasev and Ishma mean? When God gave us the Torah, we said, God, we're going to do everything, then we're going to understand the reason for all your commandments. All the interpretations that we have also is from God. And not only that, all the rules that the Chachamim give is also from God, because God says we should listen to them, right? In Parashat Shoftim. If they say left is right, right is left. So the Chidot says, for example, any rabbi that their name is mentioned in the Talmud, like Ravina, Ravashi, they were so holy, they, they had the capability of making reviving the dead. Can you imagine? Like Eliyahu and Elisha. Like there's a, there, there's a Gemara in Ta'anid, Rab Daniel, he was so holy that he, a part of his field needed like a water sprinkler. You know how like some people have 10 water, different stations on their water sprinkler? He needed, he needed water in just one corner. So he said, Hashem, give water to this one corner. Or like we learned the Gemara in Megillah, two rabbis, they got drunk, one killed each other. Then he revived them from the dead. He said, come back to me next year for the party. He said, no, what, miracles only happen once. Last year you killed me. But, so this is not a joke. So the, the, today's class is basically... Um, based on two Gemaras. And I would urge everybody, we have Safaria, we have amazing online resources. The first Gemara we want to talk about today is Gemara Shabbat. Parenthetically, my hope is also, because our great rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov Hillel, which is one of the greatest Sephardic rabbis, and for that matter, greatest rabbis in the world right now. He's the 1% of the 1%, Gedolim. He said one of the reasons that the tragedy in Miron and it could be the tragedy that's befolding us today, the war in Israel is, one of the, they, we, we don't respect our Gedolim enough. We don't respect the leaders of Torah enough. And people have become so silly that they think, oh, this guy that's the Einstein of Torah, like Rav Chaim Kanyanevsky, me and him are the same. So like some mini rabbi, Pisher rabbi that really doesn't know much, could just, you know... It got very sticky over the mask and the vaccine, and, you know... So my hope is by this class also, I, it, it spills over to the idea that really we should respect any Torah scholar. But the Torah, the giants, the, the gedolim, right, of our generation are like the generals. We can't have a, a Jewish nation where you make uh, a one-star, a, a sergeant, a drill sergeant, as his word is as important as the four-star, five-star general, right? We have to realize there's a hierarchy of rabbinical leadership. And hopefully this idea, so this Gemara Shabbat, Page 112, Kufyud Bet. It says, Amar, Rav Zeira, Marava. 
If we, the previous generations, if we consider them like angel, angels, angelic, then we can have the right to call ourselves mere mortals and human beings, right? But if we imagine and perceive, perception in life is everything, right? What, how you perceive and approach something, your, your mental um, thinking about it, it says, if you think that they're mere mortals, then we're like donkeys. We're like, we're like donkeys, we're considered donkeys. And the Gemara says, not even like the donkey of Rav Pinchas Ben Yair, the Rashbi, Rav Shimon Bar Yuchai's son-in-law. Because it says, Ela Kishar Hamorim. Because you guys, you have to know, there's a famous Gemara, that Rapichas Ben Yair, which by the way is the whole inspiration, Elliot, of the Mesilat Yesharim. The whole Mesilat Yesharim that says Zehirud, Zerizud, Zehirud, Zerizud. It's an amazing story. People, everybody loves the story, so I'll tell you the story. The Gemara says if, if we consider them, the previous generations, as what? Mere morals, then we can be considered like donkeys. That, and we don't even have the honor and dignity and nobility to be considered like a regular, the donkey of Rapinchas ben Yair. Rapinchas ben Yair, one time, the thief stole this donkey, the rabbi's donkey. So they took him, they were Jewish thieves. They took him, the donkey refers to eat. So, they saw the donkey was crying. So the thieves, they got, felt bad for the poor donkey, he was about to starve to death. So it said, so finally they returned to Rabbi, in, in, with a, in, face full of shame, they returned the donkey, they said, this donkey is no use to us, it's not, it doesn't eat any of our food. So Rabbi Yair, it, it came back and they realized the reason why he didn't eat is because just like um, regular food, we have to give Truman Maser, and there's something called Demai, even something that we have a doubt whether you gave the portion, the taxes to the Kwan and Levi, this donkey was meticulous. Not he kept not only did he he kept the my even. So he knew that their food that the thieves were giving him, the Truman Master and the Mai wasn't gi- gi- given. So when he finally came back, he, he explained to the donkeys that my donkey is extra holy. Even he keeps kosher. So the Benishchai in his great book, Responda book Rav Alim, says what's the deeper meaning of this Gemara? He says if we perceive the value of our great-grandparents, of the Rambam, of the Rab Shimon Bar Yochai, and we'll go into it a little bit, the different generations of rabbis, and who's really not supposed to technically argue on each other. Because you have to understand, after Moshe gave us the Torah, the oral Torah had to be written. The people that ri- wrote the written Torah, oral Torah were the Tanaim. Those are the people that wrote the Mishnah and talked about in the Mishnah. They are so great that Amora, the people that the people that wrote the Talmud, they're called what Matthew Amoraim. So learn Tanaim are in the Mishnah, which was written right at the destruction of the Second Temple by the Romans, and then you have the Amoraim. In history, certain great figures separate the boys, men from the boys. So Amora. Now there's a gray area. Like Rav was really he's. 
in the twilight zone. He's between the Ra- Amorayim. So the Gemara says, Rav Tano Palik. Sometimes Rav has the audacity and the power the Talmud will accept, accept him arguing on the previous generation. But 99.9% of the time, you have to realize the previous generation is head and shoulders what? Above you. And you don't, the Benishchai says, if you perceive them to be angelic and from a different league, right? The way to understand it is the major leagues and minor leagues, right? then that shows, that shows that you have good character and good understanding. If you realize that they are head and shoulders above you, right? Then we can consider our generation as what? Kosher human beings. But if you have the chutzpah and the audacity and the stupidity and silliness to think that they, us and them are just the same thing, the same enchilada, then that shows that you're, you have such a silliness and small brain, small, not brain, but you have such a superficial understanding of Torah, that in the eyes of God, you're just considered what? As senseless as a donkey. And this is why I wanted to talk, there's another Gemara, there's a Gemara in Eruvin that says the similar thing, and then we're going to go deeper and deeper with Rabbi Des. So there's a Gemara here on noon, page 53 in the Eruvin. It says, He says what? You should know the heart, the understanding of the previous generations was like the opening, Rabbi Nuchananel says, like an 80 foot, foot opening of the Bet HaMikdash. You see the temple, how it had such great ulam. It says, The latter generations, their understanding the la- latter generations, they're like the the opening of a small uh, regular storefront, right? Like a hechal. Ulam is like this grand, grand, like 20 foot high door by 40 feet wide, you understand? Hechal is like 10 feet by 20 feet. So it's saying that the previous generation had double the understanding. And it says, Va'anu. And now us that are in the latter, latter generation, our heart is like the, has the opening and understanding of like the eye of a needle. Who are the Rishonim? The Gemara now says, who are the Rishonim? Rabbi Akiva. Who are the Achronim? Where the, Rabbi Akiva was from the first generation, Elliot, of the, of the Tanoim, Tanoic stages. He was, he presided right when the first, second temple was destroyed. The, 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 the Achronim are the people at the end of the Tanakh period. Like who? Rabbi Lazar ben Shamua. And then the Gemara says, the, <laughs> the Amoraim, people like Rav, Resh Lakish and Ravina and Rabbi Yochanan, they consider their understanding compared to Rabbi Yekiva like the eye of a needle, right? The hole of a needle. So, what do I want to bring out? Bar... Fortunately or unfortunately, the uh, the yeshiva system, the yeshiva system, mostly learns Gemara. If you go to a real yeshiva, 90 percent of the time, okay, you have some musr, you learn some mishnah but ninety percent of the time, you are learning hardcore Gemara. And then the more advanced you get, the more deeper you get, because on the Gemara, obviously, there's Rashi, then there's Tosfot. 
Then there's the Ran and the Rosh and the Rif. And then, but the question is, is that how do we respect their words? Because there's a fascinating um, Yerushalmi. In the end of the Torah, in the fifth book, it says, It says the Torah, we Jews should not look at our holy Torah as like an empty thing. So the Yerushalmi learns, you have to put a comma in between those words. Which means, in the secular world, if we look at the what the previous scientists wrote and we don't understand it, we say, no, technology is what? Advancing. So therefore, they didn't know what they're talking about. We have more advanced technology, so we know better. But in the Torah, it's a whole different approach to the Yerushalmi says. Davarek. If the, let's say you're learning a Gemara, right? Or a Rambam. Or a Mishnah. And something is totally bizarre. It's like perplexing. You don't understand. Rekumikim. The, the futility of understanding. The lack of depth. The reason why we're perplexed is not because they don't know what they're talking about. Is because our, like the Gemara I just showed you in Erevin, Elliot, is because our hearts are so small and we have become so far away from that most momentous day of history, the giving of the Torah. So I'll tell you an amazing story that happened with my, my Rebbe's uh, grandfather-in-law. One of the great gedolim of America was called Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Rabbi Yankiv. So it says, it's a very, very, very cute story, which... It's very important. We're talking about Shavuot. He says one time, him and a great Israeli professor were sitting on a flight from New York to Israel, and both of them were sitting in business class because you know, honorable rabbi. They're you know, both of them were very old. So it was an amazing thing. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, his children and grandchildren, every five ten minutes would come to the grandfather because he was such a honorable and noble person. And say, Zaidi, grandfather, do you need any water? Do you need, right? They really worshipped him. So after a few times that he saw the grandchildren were so cherishing their grandfather and respecting and revering and honoring, he just exploded. He told Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, he says, I also have grandchildren. But none, they say that I belong in the museum. I'm an old-fashioned um, nobody, but I'm an honorable professor. Why they, your grandchildren respect you so much, your children and grandchildren, and why my grandchildren don't even, you know, give me the mere, mere decency that a grandfather at my age, which I'm also a professor, is is uh, is due. So he, he he said amazing thing. He said, you know, what the difference between us is. He says, you say we come from monkeys. So therefore, every generation closer to the creation of man is closer, more of a monkey. The next generation is less of a monkey, so of course they're not going to respect you. But us is the opposite. We say the deepest understanding of what God is. Guys, can you close your eyes for a minute and actually imagine? We were at the mountain of Sinai. We heard God's voice. We saw the Ten Commandments coming from heaven. We, we heard the Ten Commandments. Not through Moses. It was given to millions, several millions of people, not through Moses. The rest of the Torah was... God, we literally saw His lightning, His fire. We saw His presence. 
and he, we heard, we saw with his eyes his presence, we heard with his our ears the voice of God. Can you imagine what that here? So he says, us, we believe the closer you get to the mountain of Sinai, the more what? Angelic and godly we are. That's the reason why they respect me. Because I'm a previous generation. And Rav Dessler goes a little bit deeper into this. He says, um, <laughs> this reminds me of, of, we have a nuclear scientist in our synagogue and he talks like this. He says, he says that, you know, people that are very academic, they always make this mistake. And especially those academic people, Elliot, we need to forward them this class. Because it's the difference between night and day, whether you have this understanding when you approach these holy texts, or you think it's no. See, that's the fundamental idea. Secular Jews are very modern Jews. They don't realize that this is the word of God. And the people from the previous generations are head and shoulders, are giants amongst us mere, mere mortals. They're a different league. So Rav Dester also deals with it. He says, you know, sometimes people come and say, Rabbi, what are you, why are you quoting the Rambam so much? Who is the Rambam? Now, that, that time they didn't have nuclear energy. That time they didn't have airplanes. That time they didn't have radio. That time they didn't have this. So it's a very dangerous, especially we live in a society which always is making fun of everything, and especially things that are old-fashioned. And if you, can, if you bring that mentality into Torah, you're doomed. Your understanding of Gemara is going to be like a fifth grader, like a second grader. You're, you understand? You're never going to go to the deepest, deepest. The, the, the Talmud, the Gemara, is a, is a sea of knowledge. And you, it's unbelievable how many layers upon layers upon layers, which I'm going to get to in, in detail at the end of the class. So Rav Dessler says, this secular way of thinking is so wrong. And he brings the two Gemaras, and he says, amazing Chovat This is a different explanation, gentlemen, why the previous gen- we- generations were, had a much better understanding of what God, His Torah, and to be a real human, to be a good person was. And the, because he says, the Chovat Halavava says, unfortunately, the further and further we, we, we get, now I want to ask you something. If you heard God face to face talk to you, and you got the Ten Commandments, you saw Moshe. Are you on a higher spiritual level or somebody that was like us 3,300 years later, right? The, the idea is that we believe there's a concept called Yeridat HaDorot. You know what Yeridat HaDorot means? And I don't mean to make fun of anybody that has ADHD, but as a society we have ADHD. People can't come into the darn synagogue for half an hour, Mincha Arvin and Anna. They look at their phones 500 times. That's the whole reason, one of the reasons in my opinion, this war is happening from Ishmael. Ishmael respects their holy places more than us. What, you coming to talk to God? Your life, we saw life is so futile. One second people went to Miron, one second they were dead. It's not a joke. When you come to synagogue, my rabbi, which was a student of the Chazonish, he says you're coming into a very, very somber place. It's like you're coming into a courtroom. It's not a place that you just... Especially while you're davening, you're talking to the king of kings. That's the darn problem. We never saw how much people respected a mere king, like the Shah. Now this king is a trillion times higher. He, the, so we believe the opposite. The, the further we, we, we go away from the Sinai experience, the more superficial our understanding is. And the Rabbi, the Chobat Halavavod, which is the most classic, and in my opinion, it changed my life. 
the most, what it can to become a spiritual person, it calls, it's called the book Duties of the Heart. When you go to Yeshiva, study it, if you can. It says, he says, Kol Asher Nosaf, he says this in chapter 2 of Perishut. He says a scary thing. He says this thing, he wrote this a thousand years ago, and it's becoming more and more evident. It makes me cry how true it is. He says, you should know, from a spiritual sense, the more the world becomes developed, the more they become less spiritual. Look at it. The Nazis were the most civilized country in the world. They, they, they produced... Albert Einstein was a university president at the University of Berlin. Yet they killed 6 million people. And he says, why is that? Because he says, the more the physical world gets advanced, and you see that nowadays... The, the less they care about the ultimate issues, like we have this guy, the ultimate issues hour. People think less about their soul and the next world because this world becomes so complicated and so sophisticated. You understand? The Chobad wrote this a thousand years ago. You see, that's the danger of technology, gentlemen. The more fancy our cell phones and technology becomes, we become so preoccupied with it and this is the reason the Chovat HaLavavar, it's such a deep thing. Think about this. This is the reason why our understanding of God and spirituality becomes less and less. Because we are less spiritual people. We have so much more toys to play with. They don't, we, we don't sit down and think about the ultimate issues. Why am I created? What is the next world? Why did God give us the Torah? Why am I here, right? We, we become... And it's, it's become... Nobody has... Attention span anymore. It's it's crazy. Every five seconds we're looking at the... It, like, I'm telling you, a trillion times a day you need to thank God that you keep Shabbat. Because at least one day a week, you can be from that deep idol, that Avodah Zarah, which is your cell phone, your smartphone, which makes you so silly, you're able to take a vacation. Most people don't own their phone. The phone owns them. Like my rabbi, Harav Ben David said, even in the bathroom, they don't need, usually when you, in the olden days, when you go to the bathroom, you would have a, a little bit of vacation from the world, relaxation, like the Japanese are very into that idea in their culture. Nowadays, even there, they could howl you down and you get stressed out. Even those, you know? So it says, and uh, the words of the Chobat HaLavavad are so prophetic that he says, it's so true. We see it in our modern technology. Even 50 years ago, even 20, 30 years ago, before we had cell phones and all these apps and internet, people were so much more noble and down to earth. And nowadays, people are just becoming robotic. Right? They're not even, they don't have a heart and soul anymore. They're just, everything they do, they're, they're 24-7, they're on Facebook, they're on social media, or watching Netflix. And it's, it's, this is a very big idea, guys. And I don't want to bash people in my home city, LA. I've been here almost 42 years. But since I've been in Baltimore and in Israel, 99% of the time, this is the rule. The more money you have and the more you're into fancy and materialism, what goes down? It's like an inverted, you understand? Because think about it. I just want to tell you on a practical level. So many people I know that their grandfathers were big tzaddikim or rabbis even. They work on Shabbat. So I tell them, what are you doing? You're crazy. Your father, your grandfather was such a religious Jew. He says, Rabbi, I have a $10,000 mortgage. I have to work on Shabbat. Or I have to work on 
Yom Tov. Like this Sunday, Monday, gentlemen, we're not allowed to work because it's Shavuot. It's a scary thing. So since such a thing, so he says, Rav Dessler says such a beautiful idea here. He says you should know electricity, God created electricity. You know why, Elliot? Thunder. Thunder is what? He says actually, the Gemara says there's another reason for electricity. And that is when you hear thunder, it makes you fear God. The Gemara in, in, in Brachot says, and it causes you to fear God and know, hey, God there is shouting. I need to, uh, am I doing whatever my heart desires or are my decisions based on what really is the right thing and God desires? So he, he says that we shouldn't always talk negative. On the other side, nowadays in the DNA, in a strain of hair, there's tens of thousands, millions of codes. So we can't only look at it from the negative way. It's true. The more the world becomes physically advanced, the more people become less spiritual. Just look at it. Every generation is like that. People are getting married less, they're losing their traditional values, they're losing their conservative values. But he says, on the other hand, the more science is open, you see the more miracles of God. And he just says another thing. He says, a beautiful example. He says, like let's say 100 years ago, if somebody would get an infection, they didn't know how science worked. So, what would they do? And this is why the previous generations were closer to God. And more holy and more... Besides the fact that they were closer to the Mount giving of Torah. Because the guy, he didn't know that this could be cured with penicillin. So he would cry his heart out. Right? But nowadays, see, there was a, there was a, there was a great uh, king, the grandson of David called Chizkiah. He also had a book that had the cure for any sickness. And the, he saw people are not going to God anymore. See, nowadays, this is the thing I always have with your brother. Nowadays, people think the doctors are God, and God is out of the picture. That's the tragedy. He says, one of the reasons the previous generations were just much better is because they had a superficial understanding of medicine. But nowadays, like... A lot of the problems we have, we've, we've become so medically advanced, we say, oh, just take the pill. We don't realize that it's Hashem making caused the, us to discover the pill, and only if He wants it, the pill happens. So that's another reason Rav Dessler says that just practically speaking, it's a double-edged sword. With, with, with more advanced science, you could see greater miracles. Like you see, wow, there's electrons. People didn't know that. Our... our we should be appreciating the greatness of God through nature a hundred thousand times more. Because we have a hundred thousand times more what? Information. But it's a double-edged sword. If, we don't, if we're not careful, it'll lead us to think that nature is, has a mind of its own and we separate it from God and we don't pray anymore. We just say, take the pill. And therefore, we, our whole relationship with God becomes what? Becomes uh, more superficial. Now, we just had in Adafiyomi a third Gemara. The Gemara says, here's another example of how the previous generations, even though, super, by the way, this what I'm teaching you now, Elliot, you have to apply it to Tanakh also. So that that you see, like I was learning with my son, that this guy kills that guy in Shemuel and this, it, it, it would be very, 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 very silly to think that it's just like savage pirates, like Muhammad, Lahav Dalot. 
there were serious issues there that caused them to act savagely. But it was it was based on a lot of they were their head was in the right place and they were on a high spiritual level. Doesn't mean they did they acted correctly. Like the whole whole Torah. Like if you think that the brothers sold Yosef just because they hated him, no. If you learn the midrash, they made a betin and they even made God swear. The Shekhinah swear that. See, why did I want to give this specific class? Because if you understand what's going on, that first of all, this book is coming from God, and the people that were teached the previous generations were like angels in another league of their own, then you're able to understand the truth of Torah and give the proper respect. But if you just think it's another Chasashom science book, and actually we know better than them, then you're doomed. Your whole understanding of Torah is what? Superficial. And I want to thank that gentleman online on Facebook that propelled me to give this class because I've been wanting to give it. The Gemara says, for example, the first temple was destroyed because of what? The three cardinal sins. But after 70 years, it was rebuilt. The second temple, it's been 2,000 years and it's still not rebuilt. So who was better? That, us or them? That's why the Gemara in Yumadaf, we just learned the Daf Yomi, Daf Tet, says, Tovasi It says it's better than fingernail of the previous generations, more than the stomach of our our generation. Because that's the thing we have to understand, gentlemen, that for many different reasons, there's less fear of heaven, the f- more, because you know, when, when God gave us the Torah, it caused us to become very shameful people, right? The, the, the Jews, every time they heard God's name, you know, only the first of the two commandments we heard it directly from God. Once we heard it, we died. We fainted. Every single Jew in the world fainted. Because it's, we weren't on that spiritual level to talk to God. We heard God speaking directly. Not like it shows in the movie. But the thing was, already after the second commandment, the Jews came to God and they begged Him. They said, no. You give us the rest of the Ten Commandments. So what happened was God spoke, but it came throughout the voice of a human being, like the voice of Moshe. Still, we got that directly from God, and God was speaking, but it, the voice tone became like the voice of Moshe. That's why it says, Torah Siva, Lanu Moshe Marasha. 611, what, what, how many mitzvahs did we get from Moshe? 611. Two of them, we got, but there's 613. Because two of them we got directly from who? From God. And the... Now, I wanted to go a little bit practically speaking for the people that never were in yeshiva. Why is this uh, very important? Because, for example, the um, every single yeshiva, when you go to the advanced, after high school classes, the great Rosh Yeshiva is like who? Rav Chaim, Rav Chaim Brisk, Rav Baruch Ber, which was his prize student, Rav Shlomo Haiman, Rav Shmuel Razovsky, Rav uh, Ruven Grozovsky. Like my Rebbe was Rav Yaakov Moshe Kolevsky. There was a time in America that he was the most prominent teacher of Talmud. Talmudic expert. His shir was considered... He was a student of Rav Ruven. Rav Ruven was a student of Rav Baruch Ber. Rav Baruch Ber was a student of Rav Chaim. All the... Do you know my, own, my future son-in-law said? Three days they spent to learn a book by Rabbi Baruch Ber, the Birkat Shmuel, to understand the Rambam. All the Rosh Hashiva's classes is coming to say, okay, let's say you learn a Gemara, right? You learn a Gemara. 
But then there's seven different ways of understanding it. Rambam understands it one way. Right? Anybody knows? Rashi understands it one way. The superficial understanding is one way. Tosfot, the Rosh Hashivas are coming to say, the, the, the Rishonim, what, what is the reason why each group understands the Talmud in its own way? And why are, what are they really arguing? What's the crux? You understand? You're never going to get to that if you don't have, revere them. If you look at them as angels, and their words have unlimited depth, right? The whole yeshiva system is based on this idea that they had a thousand times deeper understanding of what was going on in the Talmud and the Torah. That's why, like Rav Chaim Kanyanevsky's father also, the stipler, he's coming to understand, oh, why did Tosfot, why did the Sefer Chinuch say things like that? So this is something that is like one of the stepping stones that to become a Torah learner, Talmudic learner. If you don't have this prerequisite, your whole learning is going to be upside down. You're not going to appreciate what the Gemara is. You're not going to appreciate what the Talmudic is. Because really, if they're angels, then we could be considered humans. But if you just consider them somebody like your Jack, you know, Ini Mini Ma, you know, Jack Mo, and thing, then we're, we're, we're unfortunately in the category of what? Um... Like donkeys, chas v'shalom. So let me give you a practical example of how this works out in a practical sense. We know that obviously there's the Gemara, but the Gemara has two main commentators which are on the page, Rashi and Tosfut. But then did you know there's a very, very important commentator called the Marsha. I practically, if I if I have a suffix, if somebody's a Talmud Chacham or not, I test him by learning a Marsha. If he's able to understand the Marsha, I, I hold that he really knows what he's talking about. But if you can't, if you don't have the tools, you, you're deaf, in my book at least, you, you haven't got it to the proper level of being considered, you understand? A true Talmud Chacham. Because the Marsha is, is a commentator. He comes and explains the deeper layer of why Tosfot, which was Rashi's grandson, are interpreting the Gemara the other way are. So understand, you have the Gemara, then you have Tosfot, then you have the Marsha. Nowadays, the Marsha is so hard to understand. There's a book, amazing book. It's, it's, I, I, I'm sure it's on... Um, it's called Marsha Aruch. You understand? A person in New York, few, few decades ago, went and come to explain the Marsha. That shows you how gloriously deep the Torah is. You have so many different layers of understanding that you have to go from layer to layer to layer. You understand? Or for example, me and Rabbi Eli, we learn in, in um, every... You know, the Shulchan Aruch has two main... The Shulchan Aruch has two main um, commentators in Orachayim. It has the Taz, the Ture Zahav, and it has the Magad Avram. It's just it? Yeah. So it says, it says that, um, so, Elliot, the, the Magad Avram comes to explain the ra- words of Rabbi Yosef Karo, right? Then you have a, a commentator that comes to explain what him, 
the uh, the Magen Avram and the Taz. Rabbi David, Rabbi David um, I forgot his last name. He's a very, very important, right? So it's only when you, when you, in the Kolel and the Yeshiva system that you see, these words are so deep that you, it's so many different layers of understanding. The Halacha is written by the Shulchan Aruch. Then you have a commentator on him, which is called the Prima Godim, Rabbi Yosef Tumim. Amazing, amazing Pirish. That also, if somebody wants to have a non-superficial understanding of halacha, you should for sure learn the Mishnah Bura and the thing. But the Prima Godim is my favorite. It's like so amazing. I really, it resonates with me. And then nowadays, they want to, it's something called the Prima Godim Aruch, a contemporary scholar. Since the Prima Godim itself is so complicated, they wrote a book on what? So it's like four different uh, layers. Or did you know, a lot of people don't know this, Rashi. You learn Chumash and Rashi. You learn Chumash and Rashi. Um, it says that there's 15 different commentators. There's a book. We have to get it for our synagogue. 15, it's called Otzer Mefarshah Rashi. The Maharal and all these people. All these 15 different commentators, they, like the Siftei Chachamim, they come to explain what? Rashi. Which is coming to explain what? The Torah. And there's an amazing book written by a doctor, actually. It's written in English. It's called What's Bothering Rashi? Because Rashi, you have to understand, they were at such a... We're like preschoolers. Um, in uh, contrast to their level, which was like Einstein. So Rashi already... Something is bothering him that he comes and explains this pasuk and not that. So this book comes to tell you what was the question that Rashi was bothering him in his head and this is why he's answering. You understand? And I'm just going to end off with two other practicals of examples of this, that one of the greatest Jewish thinkers that if you haven't written his books, read his books, you haven't seen the true depth and light of Chazal. It's called the who? The Maharal. The Maharal was what they say in folklore was able to create uh, a golem, right? That's the famous thing. Rav Gifter would say about the Maharal, you know, we learned, I was just learning with you Pirkei Avot. Rav Gifter, which was the great Rosh Hashiva of Tells, would say, you see from the Maharal every word of the Pirkei Avot, of Chazal, of the Midrash. Like I was talking to your brother. If, if it seems bizarre what they're saying in the Midrash, it's because it's like in Morris code. It's like in a special, you understand? That we have to break the code. It's not because the Midrash is ridiculous, it's because we have a superficial understanding. And actually the great Rav of Or Sameach said the Chachamim made the Zohar and their text very hard to understand. You know why? Because they wanted to... This is, this is God's gift to the Jewish nation. It can't be open to the secular Goyish scholars. It's like they're... We're God's bride. It's like if they have access to this knowledge, they're having um, intimacy. We're God's... You know, it's something intimate. We're the chosen nation. This knowledge should only be for somebody that's ready to break his head. Right? But we're, you see, when you see a Maharal, the Maharal says one line of like ethical teaching of the Chachamin, the Maharal would go explain uh, such a world of depth behind that. And now that you have another books to come explain the Maharal, because he's so advanced. And finally, I just want to end up with the Tanya and Kabbalah. Same idea in Kabbalah, like there's the Zohar. But then you have the words of the Arizal. The Arizal comes and gives a whole science, like physics, behind the words of what? The Zohar. 
Then you have the Rashash that comes to explain the Zohar, or the Ramchal. Then you have another layer, right? Called like Rab Yaakov Hillel's Rabbi, Rab Mordechai Sharabi, that come to explain the words of the Rashash. So already it's like commentary upon commentary upon commentary. That's the idea in a practical sense that these worlds, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's a world, a sea of knowledge. So it's very important for us to understand that the Torah first is, is given by God. Yisrael, the right of a Kuchabrikhu right? The Torah, God, and the Jewish nation are really one entity. Because God created the world for the people to know Him through the Torah. And who are those people that accepted it on Shavuot? That's us. And that's bringing me to the last part of the class. Every day of the Omer, we have to study one of the uh, 48 ways of wisdom, like Rab Noach. So the, uh, last night was the 46th night of the Omer. Guess what the way of wisdom was? It says you have to be, when you learn from a rabbi, you have to ask such good questions that you make your rabbi smart. But, et rabbo. But the Midrash Shemuel says another pshat. He says, et rabbo. You could only accept Torah if you respect your rabbi. That's why you have to get up in front of him. Because if you think your rabbi has a superficial understanding and you're a smart aleck and you're a wise guy, then you could never be a good learner and student. So that's the idea. We cannot be good students of the Torah, of the Talmud, of the Rambam, of the Tanya, of Kabbalah, of the Arizal. If we think that they're mere mortals like us, then oh, okay. Then you've got all these crazy wacko people like Reform, Deform. Like they come out with new religions because they, they uh, like Liptard, understanding of the Torah. Because like my Rosh Hashiva of Weinberg said, we have to fit our understanding in the Torah. Not take contemporary nonsense and stick that, right? Because that is fake. So may Hashem help us. We have to pray. Every day we pray, we say, We should not learn the Torah, God forbid, like we're learning a science book. We should learn the Torah with the knowledge that it's the knowledge of God. There's a sea of depth, an ocean of depth there. And hopefully that way, we will... uh, be the most productive and the most successful in our learning. Amen. Thank you.